Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about this fourth and final lesson. And it's, it's a life changer of a lesson. And I wanna open up with a story. This is a Joe story from junior high. I was about sixth grader, guys. And uh, my mom and dad had seven boys. Wouldn't advise that for anyone to do. And, and uh, my oldest brother, Jim, was a dream to raise, very well-behaved kid. My second brother, Tony, easy to raise, a little trouble, but not much. And then Dave, who's in heaven, he was easy to raise. And then there was me and then Michael, come back to us. And then John and Pat, John and Pat were real easy to raise. But for some reason, John or Mike and I, we were just troubled kids. And maybe because we were middle children, you know how the issues we have as middle children. And, and so we gave my mom and dad a lot of trouble. And uh, I was about sixth grade and my dad worked midnight. So he was always sleeping during the day. And my mom was just getting on my nerves. You know how it is when you're younger. And I felt like she was nagging me. So I told her off and some cuss words came out. No big deal. And, and uh, so here's what my mom always said, wait till your dad gets up. And then dad got up and dad was so cool. He'd sit us on the table. He'd say, now son, you realize what you did to your mother was wrong, right? And I want you to apologize to your mother. And then I sassed him and said, I'm not gonna apologize, dad. She was nagging me. Your mother is allowed to nag you. She's your mom. Remember, I'm sixth grade. And I'm just disagreeing with my dad and disrespecting him. So he said, son, I'm gonna go get the paddle. And we used to hide it, so it was, took him a while to get it. <laughs> but, but when he went to get it, he went around the corner. I ran to my room and I shut the door. And we had those doors in our bedroom that uh, had a button and you push it in. And then instead of a key, um, it just had a little hole and you could get a bobby pin or just a little screwdriver. So I get in there and I lock it and I'm holding the button with this thumb and I have the other one on it and I'm holding tight. So my dad comes and tries to open the door and it's not gonna open. So he goes to get his little screwdriver and I feel him pushing, but it's hurting, but I'm not moving my thumbs. He says, son, open that door. No, dad, I'm not opening the door. I don't wanna spank it. Son, open the door. And, and for those of you that think that that's archaic, I didn't say this, back when I was raised in the 60s and 70s, they paddled you in public high school. So it was just part of the culture, right? Today, I know it's not acceptable, but it was part of the culture then. So my dad wasn't this terrible person. And I'm holding the door and then finally he says, he says, I'm gonna take the hinges off, son. I said, go ahead, dad, but I'm not taking my fingers off this door. So then he never took the hinges off. And what my dad would do then, he, he'd just walk away and then he'd go out in the garden and then he'd have a couple and, and he'd forget. And, and, and I'd come out later at night and, and I didn't get no, a spanking. And, and uh, so life went on. A couple weeks later, same kind of situation. I'm at the kitchen table and I'm, I'm sassing my dad. So he's gonna spank me. He goes to get the paddle and I just go right from my room. Like, Haha, I'm gonna do the same thing. But he went around the corner. He already had the paddle. And then he came back and when I'm going to shut the door, he put his foot in the door and I'm trying to shut it. You can't shut a door when someone's foot's in it. And he just smiled at me and I met Mr. Paddle that day. Let me tell you, that was, that was a tough day in my life. Um, you might be wondering why am I opening with this story? I, I, first of all, I want you to know I'm not comparing my dad to the devil. My dad was an incredible father, but the picture that it paints can really help us see what our enemy can do in our lives. And, and I'd like to put it this way, our enemy only needs a crack, just a crack, 
just a door open in her life. And Joe went one direction. I'm going to go a different this weekend. But all he needs is a crack, guys. And let me show you how those cracks develop. Uh, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. If you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly. You know, the Bible says be angry and sin not. To sin is to hold on to that grudge and then it, it turns into anger, but then it turns into bitterness. So here's why, listen to this. For when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. You, you give him a foothold. He gets his foot in the door. Anger is one of those heart sins. So there's anger, there's bitterness, there's resentment, unforgiveness. Those are all heart sins. And oftentimes people blame God for some of the things that come into their life. But, you know, God forgives us and it's not God that's doing that. But it is possible for us to leave a crack in the door of our life and the devil gets a foothold and then he'll begin to just wreak havoc in our life. He can do that with emotional torment because we open that door, we don't deal with these things. Or he can literally begin to mess with some of the things in our life. And that also happens when you and I walk out of love with someone and we don't make it right in that particular area. And I'm gonna share a story with you. Um, this is a true story, it happened many years ago. Um, this story, guys, is a drama, so it's not, it's, there's, you're not gonna laugh during this story. But just look at it as a drama, you know, you get some Kleenex out and go, go like that. But it's a drama, but, and then I'll have a funny story coming up. But, 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 but listen, years ago, I think I was 29 or 30, so we're going way back. And uh, Believers was meeting in the other, on the other side of the building. A friend of mine told me about this minister. And he said, this guy's the best thing out there when it comes to teaching on generosity. And you may think a pastor wants to bring someone on in to teach on generosity to get bigger offerings. But that was never my motive. Here was what I understood. You and I live in the Mahoning Valley. We're in the valley, guys. And when I grew up here, I grew up here. The city of Warren had a population of 75,000. You know what the population is today? Right, right around 43,000. That's how many people have left the valley. And uh, so when you live in, a, in an environment like this where there's lack, you need to understand generosity because generosity supersedes lack. Jesus said, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So I'm thinking, what a great opportunity to help my people supersede where we live and begin to see some blessings in their life that they couldn't see without the help of God. So I'm excited about bringing them in. But this is before YouTube and Google. And uh, I think the internet existed, but those things weren't up and running. And so I couldn't hear the guy and I didn't, I didn't have, but I, I love my friend, respected him. So I said, I'll bring him in. So I call the guy. He says, hey, why don't we do a citywide meeting and just let me use your building. Now I like that because he would pay for his flight, his food, his hotel. And I just let him use the building. So I said, that's a good idea. And some other churches came. And, and uh, so he teaches the first night. And I want to say up front, you may not get all the doctrine stuff. That's not important. I'm just saying some of it so you have context, right? The first night he teaches, and he's teaching on generosity, and it was so good. He was a very incredible speaker. And uh, right at the end, he, he mentioned something that I knew about, but I never heard it in that context. And what, what he mentioned was memorial gifts. And he talked about Cornelius. You know how his prayers and his alms giving to the poor went up before the throne of God. And he connected it to if your prayers aren't being answered, 
you can give a memorial offering, that's what he called it, and God will answer your prayers. And he shared one quick story. He ended Wednesday night. Now, it was Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. What blew my mind is he didn't receive an offering. He said, I will do an offering tomorrow night. I thought, wow, I've never seen a minister not take an offering in a meeting. And so, so uh, he comes back Thursday, he opens it up and unpacks it a little more. He tells compelling stories. I think it was his daughter walked away from God, not living for God. He prayed, he fasted, nothing happened. But then he gave a $1,500 and he's thrown figures at memorial offering and boom, that prayer was answered and very compelling. And then Thursday night, he doesn't receive an offering. He says, I'm gonna do it tomorrow night. Pray about your offering. So uh, I'm thinking, I never heard this. I'm not sure about it, but it was so compelling. And I'm a little embarrassed by it. So please understand, I'm, I'm being transparent, but it's very embarrassing to share the story because of my failure. So I come back with a big check from Gene and I, bigger than normal. Uh, the church gave a check and he, he taught again, very much the same as the night before. And then he received this offering and then we went on and I woke up Saturday morning and I was like, just bothered. Like, God, this just doesn't seem right. It's like taking a shower with your socks on, you know, like just something not right here. And, and so, um, I just got up early and I'm studying the scriptures. Then I receive a call from him. He's gonna get on a plane. Hey, thanks for letting me use your building. And then he told me how much came in the offering. And when he told me, there's about 400 people in a smaller room. It, it blew my gaskets. And I knew I wasn't jealous, but I knew for that much money to come in an offering, people were given money they didn't have to give. And, and it really started to bother me. So then I'm just studying the scriptures, not sure what I'm gonna do. And then I received some phone calls from some of our members and husband calls because a wife gave money that was set aside for a washer and dryer. We're talking some chunks, right? And then, and then a, a husband gave money that the wife wasn't happy with. And then I began to realize why that offering was so big. And, and then I tried to call my mentors because I'm just like, what should I do? And I'm only 29, 30, I need some help. None of them were available. And so I'm studying, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna change my whole message. And I put a message together in about an hour or so. And, and, and I went out and I taught what I was convinced was the truth. And I'm still convinced it's the truth. And here's what I did. I taught how in order to have prayers answered, all we have to do is believe. You know, the Bible says, pray and believe and our faith brings answer to prayers. Can't find a scripture that says give to have a prayer answered. You don't have to worry about any of that doctrine. So I, I went out and I taught that to our people that weekend. I taught it Saturday night and I taught it Sunday morning. And then I did this, and this is very embarrassing. I said, because this is bad doctrine, Gina and I are gonna cancel the check we gave on Monday and the church is gonna cancel its check. And then a bunch of people did the same thing. So I received this phone call on Friday and he is upset, that's the minister. I've never had this happen in my life and, and I'm being as nice as I can. I said, you know what? I'm sorry that, that I understand that that is terrible, but your doctrine's wrong. And we went at it a little bit, none of our voices raising. And then it, I hung up and it was it. Thought I'll never see this guy again until heaven and Jesus can tell him he was wrong and I was right, right? So, <laughs> right. You know how we are at 29 and 30. So, so, so uh, life went on. The next 12 months, the church had the worst financial year of, of our life up to that point. And, you know, again, we were young, but up to that point, every year we grew in people and every year we grew in income. And, and that was the first time we grew in people, but our income grew in people and our income actually tanked as a church. And Gina and I, we were still receiving the same paycheck we did before, but money was going out of our checking account for things. It was like 
it was crazy. Our finances were falling apart personally too. And I began to pray after about a year, 13 months, I began to pray and I said, God, and I'm not thinking of this guy. I, don't, I, I mean, I forgot about him, but I'm just saying, God, what's wrong? And I did some fasting and prayer. And then as I did that, God, you know, I don't hear him here, but I heard him speak in my heart. It doesn't happen all the time, but I knew it was God. And here's what he said to me. He said, you wronged your brother, your Christian brother. You walked out of love with him and you need to make it right. And I'm still an arguer. So I argued with God, but not like with my dad. I didn't cuss because he, he could control lightning, right? So, so, so I just argued. I said, God, he's wrong. His doctrine's bad. And God said, that's not what this is about. This has nothing to do with this doctrine. This is about you, how you reacted. You walked out of love with him. So it took a couple of weeks and I finally saw it. And so I talked to the board and, and Gina and I made a decision. We, we, sent, we sent him those checks that we canceled and added interest that he would have received in the bank, you know, two, 3%. And I wrote him a note and he called me just bawling. I mean, and thanked me, sent me a fruit basket. I mean, he was happy, but I also taught something to the church that the weekend after that. And I taught a message, I titled it, when you're right, but wrong. And how even if someone wrongs us, it doesn't give us the right to react the wrong way. And I mean, it blew the church loose. The finances blew loose. It was amazing what happened. It was absolutely amazing. And, and that happened because I had walked out of love. And I realized the majority of you, this story, you don't have to do anything with this story. And, and, and you're not walking out of love with anyone. But I think TCI Borman, Warren, there's going to be a few that um, God may deal with you that, you know, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but you may have to write a letter. You may have to say to someone, you know what? I want you to forgive me. I wronged you. And, 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 and that might be a few of you, not, not most of us. But what I want to deal with, I just wanted to throw that story in because it is so real and it really happened. And God really broke everything loose once I made it right. But I want to deal with forgiveness because all of us are going to have to forgive someone in the near future. And if you have no one to forgive, that's awesome. But I'm sorry to tell you, someone's gonna wrong you sooner or later because you live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. So what I'm gonna teach, you'll, you'll be able to use it somewhere in the future. And one of the thoughts, this is my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. We can forgive like God forgives. That's amazing. You and I can forgive just like God forgives. So Gina and I are doing uh, a connect group. We, we're doing the Freedom Connect group on Wednesday nights. Incredible group of people. I see some of you in here now. And uh, it, it's been amazing. We had a chapter on forgiveness, okay? And one of, one of the people in the group brought up a great question. It was amazing. I'm so glad they brought it up. They said this. They said, I, can, I think I can forgive anybody that wrongs me, but I'm not so sure I can forgive somebody that wrongs my wife kids or children. And, and I said, I understand how you feel because I don't think I can do it, but I know I can because here's how I know I can because God will give us the grace and you, you'll never know it till it happens to you and then God will give you the grace. That's why I want you to understand you can forgive like God forgives, but then understand this. Sometimes people wrong you and it hurts so bad. You're going to need a professional. And I love, I love sending people to professional counselors. You're going to need a professional to walk you through it. 
because sometimes we just can't walk through it ourselves. But all of us have that ability to forgive like God forgives. So I thought it would be cool to go over two main points. And the first thing I just want you to understand is this, how God forgives you. This is how he forgives you. The, the Greek word translated as forgive in the Bible, you don't have to remember it. It's a feme, three-part three meaning. And here's how God forgave you when you accepted Jesus. Listen to this. God dismisses all charges, cancels all punishments, and he treats us as if we never sinned. When God forgives, that's how he forgives. That's amazing. You can forgive like God forgives. One verse, listen to this. Isaiah 43, 25. I, God, I, yes, alone, will blot out your sins from my own, for my own sake and will never think of them again. That's pretty exciting. So God wipes your sins out. And not only that, he, he totally erases them. He doesn't think about them again. That's how God forgives us. And as I was putting this together, I felt there were going to be a couple people in every campus in every service that needed to hear what I'm about to say. Some of you need to forgive yourself. God's wiped it away. God doesn't even think about it anymore. You need to forgive yourself. You go into God re re repenting for the same thing over and over again, and, and he doesn't even, he's like, what? What? I forgot about that. What are you talking about? I blotted that out. It's not even in the book. It's like, what are you talking about? Um, and, and so guys, I know there's a couple of you in every place. Can I encourage you to forgive yourself and see how God forgave you? And guys, it's hard to understand, but you and I can forgive just like God forgives. And that's powerful. So here's, here's my first thought. You ready? There are two types of forgiveness. And until I understood this, it was hard to forgive some people. Now, these are in the New Testament, but I gave them names. So these are the names that I gave these two types of forgiveness, right? Here's the first one. I like to call it closed forgiveness. That means they apologize for their actions, right? So it's like you go to them and say, hey, what you did really hurt me. It wounded me. It offended me. And they look at you and say, you know what? I can be a jerk sometimes. And Would you forgive me? Isn't that cool? Does that happen a lot? No, but isn't it cool when it happens? Yeah. And so I call that closed because you have closure. Now, sometimes somebody wrongs you so bad that even after they apologize, you, you know, they have to rebuild trust in you. So sometimes you can't just go right back to the relationship, but there could be a start maybe, and the trust can be rebuilt. That's a beautiful. Closed forgiveness is awesome. But here's the second type. And in my experience, this is the most common. I call it open forgiveness. That means they won't apologize or acknowledge their actions. So you go to them and say, hey, you offended me, you hurt me, you wounded me. And they look at you and say, you're crazy. I didn't do anything wrong. No way. I'm not apologizing for something I didn't do. And then, wow, how do you, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you forgive in that case? And you and I can forgive like God forgives. So I want to show you two cool examples here. The first one is Jesus. Jesus is currently in this situation. He's nailed to the tree. And, and they're just about ready to throw dice for his clothing, to separate his clothing. And the Bible says this in Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, hang on the tree. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. I saw this one day on this. This really helped me. Not only did he forgive them without them ever repenting, 
right? And you do realize those people have to answer to God sometime in the future. So don't think it's not fair. This is all about freeing you, right? But, but I, this phrase really helped me, really helped me. They don't know what they're doing. And once I saw that, I realized, you know, some people do us wrong and they have blind spots and they're trapped and they're in a, they're in a crazy world themselves. And so it just made it, it makes it easier for me to forgive people because I just realized, you know what? Some people just don't know what they're doing. They're just blinded. And that helps forgive easier. So Jesus shows us open forgiveness, but you're, you're saying, well, that's Jesus. I expect that from him. He better have done that. He's Jesus, the son of God, right? So yeah, that's easy for him to do. But guys, there's another guy in the Bible. His name is Stephen. He's just a deacon in the church. He's a regular human being like us. He's not God in the flesh like Jesus. And he was preaching Christ and they became so upset with him. You know what they did? This is the custom in Bible days. They tied him to a post and they stoned him. And, and it wasn't little pebbles, you know, like in the driveway. They were so big, he needed two hands. And then they just threw these stones at him and cracked skulls and bones. Very slow, very painful, very terrible death. Here's how he responded. Acts 7, 59 and 60. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Guys, can you, can you, can you agree that that takes the grace of God? I mean, without having the grace of God on me, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to be standing there saying, you're going to get yours when you stand before God, right? It's like, that's amazing. That's the grace of God. We can forgive like God forgives. Guys, there was no closure with Jesus. There's no closure here. And so what's God asking us to do? He's saying, just release them. But can you all agree that's tough sometimes? <laughs> Isn't it tough sometimes? And it's tougher in some situations than others. So, so here's my next point. Forgiveness is a decision. We have to make a decision to forgive. It's not a feeling. Feelings come afterwards. So I'm going to tell you another story, true story. Many years ago, I had a close friend who was a pastor in town. We, we both pastored. We were very close. And then things began to change, and he began to do some things that I felt were really very unethical. And after a couple times, I, I did the biblical thing, and I, I just went in to see him, and I'm sitting in his office, and I just shared with him. I said, hey, you've been doing this, and you've been doing that, and it's, it's, it's really unethical and it's, it, and it's really, really wounding me like crazy because he was doing some things towards our church and towards me. And he just looked at me and said, I don't agree with you. I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm gonna keep doing it. So we had our little talk. None of us raised our voices. So I go out to my car and I made a decision. I said, Lord, I'm gonna forgive him. I sit in my car and I said, Lord, I forgive him. I release him. And I'm trying to be spiritual and then I saw him about two weeks later. It was like a national day of prayer. And I went to the local national day of prayer. And, and us pastors do that. And I see him there. And as soon as I saw him, I on forgave him. And I'm like mad at him. 
I'm thinking, that rotten so-and-so, I can't believe he did it. And, and, and I'm, I'm not even going to shake his hand. I'm, gonna, I'm sitting over here just, can't believe he did it. Then I get into my car afterwards, and I re-forgive him. And, and uh, I think, I better re-forgive him. You know that's a word you can use in Scrabble. It's worth 24 points. Guys, guys, <laughs> re-forgive. It's a word. So, so I re-forgave him. And I thought, I got back where I needed to be. I drove by his church a couple weeks later and I on forgave him again. Like, you dirty, I can't believe you did it and you're still doing it, and I on forgave him. And then a day or so later, I re-forgave him again. And it was a yo-yo, on forgive, re-forgive, on forgive, re-forgive, and I was so tired of that yo-yo. And maybe some of you, I'm sure most of us have dealt with that, right? You see him and you, you on forgive him. I began to pray and I said, God, you told us to forgive and you told us we can forgive like you, but I keep on forgiving this guy and I'm tired of re-forgiving him and unforgiving him. And I knew that gives the devil a foothold. I don't want any foothold. I want my heart to be right. I don't want any bitterness. I said, God, you got to help me. And, and God opened my eyes up to something I already knew. I knew it, but I never connected it to forgiveness. And I want, I want to show you what it is. And I want to show you how it worked in my life. Um, but here's what God dealt with me about doing, and here it is. We must love, pray, and bless those that wrong us. I'm going to tell you how that works. But God showed me that, and I'm like, God, I, I don't even know if I can do that. But he showed me, you need to love, you need to bless, and you need to pray for this guy. Not, not, not as a homework assignment, not to check off a box, but to heal my heart. Here's the scripture, you ready? Luke 6, 27. But I tell you who hear me, this is Jesus, love your enemies. So he's using worst case scenarios. So anybody that wrongs us, they may not be an enemy, but, but if we're to love our enemies, we should love those people that wronged us a little bit, right? Do good to those who hate you. I didn't pick this one because it, it doesn't happen a lot where you have an opportunity to do good. Listen to verse 28. Bless those who curse you. So cursing's pretty bad, right? I hate you, may, may the... May the worst things in life come upon you, right? Worst case scenario. And pray for those who mistreat you. Love, bless, and pray. And I'm gonna tell you guys, when God showed me that, I said, I'm gonna do that. And so I began to do it every morning. And I'm telling you, the first time I did it, it was so mechanical, so difficult. And I'm like, God, bless pastor, so-and-so. And I begin to pray. And, and I'm telling you, it was even hard to ask God to bless the person's marriage, his kids. And then I got to the church like, blah, 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 bless. It's like, I, no, his church shouldn't be blessed because of what he's doing. But then I said, no, I'm going to do it. Bless his church. Bless his church. Very awkward for a week or so. And then it became so easy. And I would just pray, Lord, I lift up pastor so-and-so. And Lord, I ask you, to bless his church, bless him, bless his wife, bless his kids, bless everything that he does. And it became like second nature. You might ask yourself, well, how do you love them? Because you're told to love your enemies. Do you know the Bible teaches this? Love covers the multitude of sins. So I didn't have to go kiss him on the cheek every week or anything, but, but love covers the multitude of sins. You know what it means to cover the multitude of sins? It means you zip your lip and you don't tell people what that person did to you. Now, obviously, if someone's a pedophile, you, you, you want to talk 
to people. You want to talk to authorities. But I'm talking about if someone wrongs us, he wronged me. And you know what that means, right? You're, you're in a group of people. Someone brings up that guy's name. And you might be subtle and just roll your eyes like, oh, he's not everything you think he is. You know, things like that. Or you might just let some things out. And so God dealt with me strongly. Do not retell your story, Joe. You may have to tell it to a counselor or something like that, but don't retell your story, Joe. That was hard to do. But I'm telling you, as I began to love, bless, and pray for this guy, the most remarkable thing happened. By the way, we still have not made it right. It's still, it's still open forgiveness. But guys, the most remarkable thing happened in here. And I became so totally healed that when I would see him in public, it's like I forgot it ever happened. And I'd walk up and I'd give him a hug and I'd be so warm. And, and, and it, it can blow someone's mind when you're like that. But I just, I just, I couldn't be close friends, but I was free. And God healed my heart. And I really believe this weekend, there's some of you, this just gave you an answer to freedom in your life like you've never felt freedom before. And I want to tell you front, I, I said it, it will be mechanical and it will be awkward at first, but it will bring healing to your heart as you love, bless, and pray for them. And that brought me to a place of freedom. And it may not fix anything, but you know, forgiveness is all about just fixing us, right? And cleaning us out and, and just getting right with us. And then we have to put some boundaries up if it's closed forgiveness. But guys, Here's how I want to close. I believe this weekend, as is, is I've taught this, and I heard it in the lobbies after both services, that, that God is really, really speaking to some of our hearts. Not all of us. Some of you know this. You've dealt with it. Some of us will have to deal with it in the future again. I guarantee you we'll all have somebody to forgive somewhere in the future. But I really believe this is, this is the start of some freedom in some of you that have been tormented, this is pushing the enemy out and clicking the door shut in our life. And it's, it's gonna be an amazing thing. Some of the torments you're going through, they're, they're gonna eventually stop because you're going to begin to just let your heart heal 100%. So I'm really excited about how you and I can forgive like God forgives. Are you excited about how God forgives you? And are you excited that he can give us the grace to forgive? And for sometimes it's a process, but can we give it up to God just guys before we pray? It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, so let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. I, I believe there's some special things that are happening at every campus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Guys, some of you at TCI, I prayed for you a lot. This is a big, this is a big moment in your life. Some, some at Boardman believers, big moment. Some here, big moment in your lives. And so I want to just encourage you. Whatever God's saying, Maybe you walked out of love with someone and you, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again, but maybe God wants you to write a letter or do something. Maybe you'll never be friends, but he just wants you to make something right. And that would be your reaction to something. But then there's some, God just wants you to release them. And you may need help. Somebody might need to walk you through it, but he wants you to release them. And he wants you to begin to love, bless, and pray for them. Why? Because we can forgive like God forgives. God will give you the grace. But what's the most important reason? God wants you to be free. 
He wants you to be free. He wants, he wants you to click your door shut so the enemy has no place in your life whatsoever when it comes to these heart things that we deal, deal with. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe God's doing amazing things. And you know what? He's going to keep doing it. So can we stay in this attitude of prayer? And I just want to speak to one other group of people that are probably in every room that I'm speaking to. Maybe you came this weekend and you're not sure of your forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. Maybe you walked in not even knowing if there was a heaven or hell. I didn't believe in heaven or hell before I accepted Jesus. But Jesus makes himself real to us. I can't do that, but Jesus can. And you're here and you say, you know what? My heart's touched. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The way to the Father is through me. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. And if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a day in my life when I called on the name of Jesus. I'm ready to do it today. Would you pray with me right now? And, 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 and TCI, Borben, Warren, can all of us that have done that, can we help them pray? Can we pray loud enough so they hear us? And this is a big moment. Can we pray with them and help them out? So if you're praying for the first time, just mean this and say, say what the Bible teaches. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and need a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. I believe God raised you out of that grave. I receive you as my savior and I make a decision right now to make you the Lord of my life and I'm going to follow you from this point forward. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.